0: That identity and the addiction to having a problem, because when you have a problem, it's easy to connect to yourself. When you have a problem, it's easy to get sympathy around you, right? It's not as easy to get sympathy and connection when you're successful and seemingly happy all the time and got money and vacations and all that kind of stuff. So the bigger problem you have, the more fucking people pay attention to you, right? Welcome what up? to the Habits of the Few. What we got for em? Where we discuss habits, rituals, and mindset tactics that you can use to reach your version of success. Yeah. And now, here's your host, Mo Bolsi. I've actually talked to him about it. No, I actually talked. He actually does it intentionally, he does it on purpose, right? Get, it's an intentional plant of certain words during some of his presentations. Oh yeah uh, obviously it goes out script and he's passionate as well but yeah, yeah
1: it's very very intentional when he cusses Did you just say you've talked to him about it oh yeah yeah yeah. oh very cool I didn't know yeah. you're on a yeah name based with Mr. Robbins
0: No, it's been a few years I but I've been to every one of his events I've been to his uh oh. um he has in fact we could talk about that during the thing I've even been to his uh he's got yeah. a visit Fiji. I went to a couple times with him and his team uh, and like 40 guys um, so it was really intimate settings, you know, just him and his team and uh we're there just unleashing all of his
1: knowledge on us. So it was pretty spectacular. That's, that's incredible. I, uh, see, I think that's, that's the most, like, when you get people like that in a room yeah, and right. everyone's, everyone's on the same wavelength, like mm-hmm. the, the beauty and the magnitude of what can be developed and encompassed in that time is just incredible. I and mean, that's why masterminds I think are so huge. If you, if the person running the mastermind is in direct correlation with your values, your morals, your ethics, your driven business, whatever. Um, But that's really, really, really cool. How, what would you say is the most, I guess the most impactful one that you went to outside of that specific one in Fiji, just one of his, like, was it business mastery? uh,
0: I would say, I want to say date with destiny, but truly it was probably the first EPW because that's what kicked it off. You yeah. Know? And so, you know, that's what kind of got the ball rolling and, and um, ultimately led me to a million different opportunities and transformed my entire life. Um, and we should probably talk about that, actually. I that think
1: that's fun. a good I think that's a good segue. So prior to you going to the first Tony Robbins experience, um, where were you at in life? I was at my all time low. Uh, I
0: was at my all time low. It was May 16th, 2008. Like there was a specific day even and 1000% um, uh, woke up that morning and completely realized that where I was <laughs> was a result of all of my past thinking. All of my best thinking got me there in the middle of the real estate crash. right? And so on May 16th, 2008 was that moment where I was like, okay, well, if I want a new I don't want to say life because that sounds cheesy, but a new situation, a new outlook, a new direction. I had to yeah. change in all of my old thinking and replace it with something new. Um, so I did. I literally spent all of my extra cash. On, on, a, on development for an entire year and a half. I flew all over the world. I went to every Tony Robbins seminar. I read uh, over a hundred books. I went to every webinar, seminar, interviewed people, uh, met every spectacular human being I could from Olympic athletes to billionaires to whatever, and just replaced all of my old thinking with my current thinking um, and it got me out of a hole. So,
1: yeah. So, and how long, if you don't mind me asking, but how long were you in that hole for? what was it that triggered you to be like, I'm done with this. I need something.
0: So it was, it was that morning when I woke up and I went out to the breakfast table and in my kitchen, if you got like two, two eating areas, right. Sat down in the one eating area with my daughter. um, And that morning I'd done some math and realized I'd lost seven figures already that year, right. Of my net worth. And it was a little bit painful. I was like, okay, well here it is. Uh, Like, was I just lucky? everything I've ever had was something that I created or as a result of my team or with the assistance of somebody else, obviously. But, you know, when I left the house, when I was 17 and a half, 18 years old, I went to the Marine Corps at a hundred bucks. Right, That's the only financial assistance I've ever received. So I, I, I looked around and I was like, okay, now all of this and everything that we had and everything experienced, was I lucky or was I good? Right. And I was like, my God, what just happened to me? I lost all this money and net worth, and like, what was going on? And and I sat down, and and uh, my daughter uh, reached over, um, and she was about four at the time, and she kind of poked me, <laughs> poked me in the gut. I lost, I gained a little weight, and lost track of my older fitness, and I literally just broke down. Hmm. And I literally just broke down. I was like, God dang it! I'm not the man I should be right now. I'm not the father I should be. I'm not the provider I should be. I'm not the security blanket I should be. I'm not the not the producer I should be. Right. And, and I knew that I was destined for. So as I was sitting there, uh, my daughter was there. I got up and I was like, fuck this. This is the day that literally everything changes. And I said, I'm going to start with my, with my fitness first, because if I can develop habits and, and um, skills around getting my fitness back, then that my mind will follow. And that momentum will create momentum to other areas of my life. So for 90 days, starting May 16, 2008, I was on a strip. I had a buddy who had a health and wellness company I said, I'm going to be your model citizen for 90 days. Whatever you tell me to do, I won't do it just kind of, I will do it 100%. No ifs, ands, or buts. Um, and so for 90 days, I ate exactly the way he told me, it worked out exactly the way he told me. The worst thing I did was take a single M&M, put it in my mouth, chew it out, and spit it out. Like That's the worst thing I did. I ate perfectly clean. Um, in fact, I have these two, Like I'm, I've never done this before. But I'll show you, I keep these at my desk, like right above my desk right here. I took a picture before, I took a picture after. Let's see it. And it was literally just like the 90 wow. day. Wow. The 90 day, I've never done this before. I've never shared it like this before. They sit here every day, I stare at it. So this is like what happens when you don't pay attention. This is what happens when you give up your ego, when you give up your thinking, when you when you submit to a process, this is what happens, right? So that's what I did first and I just went from there.
1: That's powerful. That's so powerful, o- only because I can relate from the stance of a father. Uh, when my kids were born, I had found success. I had made money and then I had lost money. And then I was in a funk and I didn't know where I was going to go. And then when I found out that my kids were going to be born and bringing them home into this crappy, shitty apartment, after living in a house prior and looking at my life and where it was, at, I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Right. Like what, wh- wh- where, where was the wind in the road that just completely destroyed everything that I had built? And was it a kind of like you, like, were you just lucky? Was it a facade? Was it a fluke? Absolutely. You know, like what, what was it that triggered that? And, Something just snapped in me and I just decided right then. It wasn't even it wasn't like it was like a spark. I just decide. I decide that this is it. I'm going to make changes. I'm going to do what it's what I need to get done. And I will figure out the path. I think most people tend to overcomplicate the whole scenario. Would you agree? Like you have to figure out step A through Z, and then you have to write out the plan. And then I'm not against writing plans and goals and things like that. But but most people try to plan and plan and plan, but they never take action. I think that action is actually making that decision internally and externally to just do it. I think we have the stigma that it's just paralysis by over-analysis, right? Would you, would you agree?
0: Well, I don't just agree. I, I know for a fact, but I also think that the thing that, that, the, that the actual decision that needs to be made is the decision that you're no longer going to be that, that identity, that person. Right. Specifically. It's not the decision to, like I said, you know, do a fitness challenge or something like that. It's the decision to no longer be a smoker or a broke person or a mad person or a person that's depressed, right? Not by clinical, but by choice, right? The mood, like, like that identity, and the addiction to having a problem, because when you have a problem, it's easy to connect to yourself. When you have a problem, it's easy to get sympathy around you, right? Mm-hmm. It's not as easy to get sympathy and connection when you're successful and seemingly happy all the time and got money and vacations and all that kind of stuff. So the bigger problem you have, the more fucking people put, pay attention to you, right? Mm-hmm. So keep breaking that addiction to your problem, breaking that bring addiction to that drama, is the very first thing you're saying, I am no longer this person. I'm no longer a victim of the economy. I'm no longer a victim of bad relationship. I'm no longer a bad parent. I am no longer unhealthy, right? And as soon as that identity change happens, then everything else becomes clear. Every single action item becomes clear when you know who you actually want to become, then everything else unfolds, right? But that takes guts. That takes courage to to shed your old skin. It takes courage to let that go. 100%.
1: And I think it's ever... I would even take it a step further and say, it's, it's forever ongoing. Oh gosh. 100%. I, like I, I'm not the man I was yesterday today. And I don't want to be in 10 years, the man that I am today. I want to be a better version of myself 10 years in the future. If I'm where I'm at today, I failed. fail myself. Right. Be disappointed. Right. 100%. So mm-hmm. let me ask you this. You're in the, forgive me. You're in the real estate or the mortgage industry.
0: No, I have a couple of industries. I have a, okay. a real estate company, um, you know, in a, in a home building, land development, and some commercial. Uh, I still sit on the board. I used to own a, a multiple office brokerage and a couple of mortgage companies. I've since sold those, but now I'm on, on the board there. I act as an active licensee. I work with investors and builders on projects and do my own stuff. Um, I'm a, I'm a venture capitalist for some startup companies. So I've been in the startup space for a few years, uh, doing some consulting work there. I do business consulting, uh, in different fields, a lot in mortgage and title and real estate, but also in any kind. Um, and then also, uh, like I opened a restaurant, a health and wellness restaurant. Yep. Um, so, you know, a couple different things since I've sold a company, I've been trying to figure out.
1: True exactly and true entrepreneur.
0: Yeah, actually, this is one of the distinction I actually got from Tony Robbins and Viji. um, so I'm sitting there, we're talking about business. This was during a break. And, and I just, I, I made the comment. I'm like, man, we're I'm amongst all these entrepreneurs. I've always labeled myself entrepreneur. Uh, people have always thought of me as an entrepreneur. I've had lots of different businesses have tried and failed and whatnot, but it never, it never felt exactly right. And the more we talked, he goes, no, 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 no. You're not an entrepreneur. You're a creative that expresses your creativity through business. Uh-huh. And I was like, ah, that's exactly right. I was expressing these ideas and these concepts and these creative juices through a business to make it something tangible. And I had, you know, I had to do it out of necessity. Obviously, I couldn't just play music and I couldn't just be a playwright. And, and, right, and right. But I was using
1: creativity
0: to, to, to strategize in marketing and creation of concepts and products and services. And I was using my creative juices, not my entrepreneurial juices. So I felt like this weight just getting lifted off me. I'm like, no, I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm a creative guy that can put together a team and a process to make a successful business. I don't have to be an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur or, or try and put myself in that category. Um, but a creative person can be an outstanding business person if they identify properly with who they actually are.
1: I love that. that because awesome. I, I, I've been in, I grew up, my father, my uncles, I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs or business builders, whatever. And, But I grew up as a creative person. I was a musician. I was a singer. I wrote poetry. I read sonnets. And, you know, I studied arts. And then all of a sudden, I started getting into a business and find that I have a natural knack at it. But it, it you're right. It's not.
0: I saw your eyes lit up when I said it, though. I love that.
1: Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, like, oh. I wouldn't label myself as an entrepreneur then. That that just literally like clicked for me. That's yeah. that's crazy because I always felt that. I was like, nah, not really.
0: Yeah, and that's why that that, that whole shift. Another, it was like it was like, okay, I'm now a creative guy that gets yeah. to use business to express it, and it was just a whole game changer. I could yeah. I could that work for you too, wow, awesome.
1: So so let me ask you, how has your new shift? In perspective and in life and your evolution of who you are today, how has that trickled down into business, how you do business? Because I think that's that's a huge facet of it, right? Because you're elevating yourself. You're becoming this new version, this better version. And maybe let's say where you were at before, the old version of you wouldn't necessarily be doing business with, let's say, this set of people or how you would do business. Right. So how, if you wouldn't mind talking about it, how, how has that kind of helped uh, evolved.
0: Well, if you think about it, especially a small business owner or a solopreneur um, or even the founder or, or a CEO, yeah. really the, the entire company is a, is a direct reflection of how honest you are, how productive you are, you know, how uh, if you're a procrastinator or not, like really that, that, enti- that infuses your entire business, your entire organization, your team, your thoughts, your concepts, the, the specificity or not. Um, so the stronger, the more complete of a human being you are, the absolute impact it has on every facet of your financial well-being. And, you know, so the, the minute that you identify like, oh, my business isn't working or here's it. No, it's, it's a reflection of who you are or aren't in, in that example. And so I can't tell you. And that's why I keep um, like I'm never a finished version of anything. And that has nothing to do with want or lack. That has everything to do with a complete understanding that every single day is new, like you talked about. Every opportunity is different. The the markets change, life cycles of business and your management team and the market changes. So at any point in time, the minute that you're operating on an old set of rules or old set of understanding or the old you is the minute that you lost all your competitive edge. Right? Right. And there isn't a business that has any competitive edge, uh, not a marketing plan, not a technology, not a website, not a product or a service. None of those are actual competitive edges. The only competitive edge is your willingness to continue to grow and learn. And, and the company or the CEO or the solar uh, solopreneur or the entrepreneur that is, has the understanding that my competitive edge is to have zero eagle attached to who I am or who this business is, and you're constantly evolving and growing and expanding, then that is your competitive advantage in every single industry. So, you know, that's just, it just, I'm so open to not being okay with knowing it all. Right. I'm so open to not being the best. I'm so, I'm so willing just to say, no, I'm really, man, that's on me. Let's, let's get better. Right. It's, there's, there's, it's, I love, I love that making a mistake. I love like, Oh oh, shoot, that's a revelation. Let's, let's do something different this time. So
1: anyways, I, I feel like if I were to talk to you every day, I would get smarter and more successful.
0: Same for you, man. No, that's why I love oh. these things. Nah, no, I love these things for that reason. I love reason. <laughs> like that,
1: that, that, that's so eye opening for me. And it's like a lot of times, a lot of these things that you hear. You ever hear like that notion, like you got to hear something over and over, and over again before it finally clicks. And sometimes it's not just that. Sometimes it's the way that it's being portrayed or described, or the moment in time and space that you currently are at. Right, the circumstance. And so, like, I don't know if it was just the circumstance, but whatever you just said, like, I'm pumped right now. I'm, I'm on fire. I'm, I like I want to get going as soon as I get off this call. I have so many ideas. I love that. I, that's I appreciate that. Um, tell me a little bit about I don't want to get too into descript, descriptive, but about being a father, being able to work from home, having the flexibility and how that has affected your life and the lives of your children. Cause I know it, it's done tremendous for mine.
0: It, it has, you know, one of the things that with, with my children, especially as a parent, um, I'm not trying to create little mini versions of me. I'm not living through my children. Um, I don't want something for them that they don't want for themselves. Um, we have just constant discussions about the, the, the importance of critical independent thinking. And so there are very few things where I'm like, here's how you need to think about this. It's always, it's always, always, always here are all of the ideas. Let's help you sort through them. I'll curate, help you curate the information and then we'll sort through those together. Then you can tell me what the, what the result is that you come at the end of that. So, so I, I've never tried to like imprint on them. You need to be an entrepreneur or you need to work from home or you need to be this or uh, you know, having a pension's better. Like we, I, there's none of that. The only thing I am trying to imprint on them is, is I don't want to say hard work, but, but. Just a bare bones honesty. That's it. Like like a bare bones honesty. I think a leader doesn't see things better than they are or worse than they are, but just exactly as it is. Mm-hmm. And and if I can continually help them just see things for exactly what it is, the decisions of whether to go to college or not, or what college, or who to marry, or what kind of job to get or or what kind of sports to play, if they see everything exactly as it is, then their decision making should be much easier. So entrepreneurship and, and them seeing me go through struggles and trials and tribulations and and I've made sure they see that I'm not perfect. I've made sure that they see that there's no such thing as, as there, you know, perfectionism is a paralysis. Perfectionism, and Tony even says this, is the lowest standard, not the highest standard, it's the lowest standard because it's unachievable. So it's a cop out. So anybody that's trying to be a perfectionist or looking to be striving for that goal or, or identify as a perfectionist is really just copping out for being a high producer you know? And so I just want them to see like, man, you just keep constantly fail forward, uh, you know, have humility and, and no ego and, and treat people, not the way that you want to be treated, but treat people the way they want to treat like those things. I'm imprinting on them for sure. And they, you know, they see, they see my stressed and they see me late. You know, They see all this stuff. And so I, I have such a special relationship with my children. They're such great little human beings. I'm not raising children. I'm raising independent, critical thinking, well-adjusted adults. That's been my, that's my focus at the beginning. So I'm not raising a child, you know, that's dependent on me or, or that need love and support all the time. I'm raising an independent, critical thinking, well-adjusted adult. That's my mantra as a dad. And so as long as I keep that in mind, that I'm not going to, I'm not going to twist them into being something that they, that they don't need to be. Yeah.
1: Right. Which is unfortunately the horrific truth with most, most of society, you know, is, is, is Following society standards, I've always been kind of a, I don't want to say a rebel, but I just, I have a problem with authority. Yeah. <laughs> all kinds, there you go. That's all kind, all kinds of authority. Like if you're going to tell me to do this thing, I'm going to go the exact opposite direction.
0: I understand. I understand. <laughs> I understand. But I went right from the, you know, right from high school to Marine Corps, So I definitely, yeah. I was like, also yeah. just do whatever you're
1: told, right? Yeah, 100%, 100%. But you still need a piece of that right? You, you need, I feel like you need a piece of being broken down and restructured. And I think I did it to myself unintentionally over many, many, many years. And, you know, it was lessons of hard truths and hard life. And, and it's like, you ever see the movie Batman? What was it? The one with Christian Bill, the first one where he, he's a billionaire, obviously, but he decides to start stealing from himself. Right. And living that life. I feel like that's what I did because I didn't grow up rich, but you know, my my family hustled and they were poor when they moved to the States and they worked their asses off and they got into business and they're able to provide a, a good life. But then I decided to like completely go backwards <laughs> and throw myself into the midst of chaos and I feel like I needed that. I feel like I needed to go through that and experience that. And it helped me show, see a lot of things from a different perspective in a different light, which also in turn told me to value all the things that I did have. Right. 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 And, and so I'm trying to portray that to my children from the get go by instilling certain aspects of like, all right, so we do a gratitude every single night before bed. They have a gratitude journal. Um, I write it down, you know, they're, they they they'll try from time to time, but, Every single night, that's the thing. We do a prayer. You know, we're, we are a God-fearing family here. So whatever your religion is, that's fine. The spirit, the universe, whatever. But yeah. that's what we do. And and by instilling gratitude with them, in, in them, at the, like I've been doing this for the last two years, since they were four years old. Um, it has been great. You know, it, they they have a perspective on life, like the smallest little things that sparks interest. And then we get into how that evolves into their day-to-day and how that helps uh, assimilate like situations and how to treat people and things like that and realize that, Hey, what you have today, like I'm real with him. I'm like, like last time my daughter was like, Baba is basically daddy, like in Arabic. They're like, Baba, why, why do you have to work so much or why do you have to make money is what the question was.
0: Yeah.
1: I said, because everything costs money, everything besides your feelings costs money. And, and then I had to explain it to her like what it is. And then I explained to her, I said, you don't remember this, but when you were first born, Baba was working literally like, you know, 10, 12 hours a day in an office or not at home. And now you have him home. So you have him to come out and knock on his door. You could see that he's here. You have that privilege. I said, you know, that most daddies don't have that opportunity. I said, so that's one thing to be grateful for in the sense that you have your dad right across the hall where you can knock on the door and take a break with you and go grab lunch. You know, like that was huge for me. And it's like, I almost saw her gears in her brain Starting to process this and make sense of it at six years old, and I think she got it. And that's that was that's fucking fulfilling to me. Awesome to be able that I can provide that and and be in that circumstance, which makes an intern me wanting to work even more in the sense, not more hours, but but harder, more disciplined, be creative, and figure out new solutions so that I can be a part of these kids' lives and help them grow and create these little human beings, essentially. Um, it is
0: like, I can tell, Like I'm inspired by how much you love being a father. And that's one thing that I actually look for in other men that are in my lives is, is do they take fatherhood seriously? I think one of the biggest problems, honestly, we have in this country is the lack of the focus on good fatherhood. Right. And, really. and, and I really feel like if there's more good fathers the world, would be a much better place. Not to, I'll take anything away from others. But the you know, the emphasis of of a man actually like being a leader for the children is it's kind of lost, man. And that's not old school. That's that's just that's just standing in your masculinity. Like, hey, we need a leader here for this for this thing, and I, this is me. I raised my hand. I'm gonna be the leader right now. And um, so I appreciate that about you very much. And kids, I mean, truly, yeah, they'll do some things that you tell them to do, but more or not. You know, the the real important life lessons come as a result of you're doing them as an example. Right. If you're taking your, if you're taking your health and wellness seriously, like if you want a kid to be a good reader, don't just tell them to read books, read that, read in front of them every night, like let them see you read. And eventually they'll want to read too. You know, it's just as one example. So, you know, that leadership of not just, not just saying what to do, but doing what's important at, in front of them and with them um, is, is a game changer for sure for fatherhood. Yeah. I love that about you. So thank I, you.
1: I agree. Thank you very much. I mean, you too. I mean, that's the thing, like, you attract who you're going to attract, right? You draw the people that you're going to. Essentially, it's it's part of who you are. Like I was having a conversation with a friend of mine. I said, I said to him, he's like, you know, I used to hang out with all these guys, and then part of me who you, who I used to be no longer exists, and so they just see me differently, and they don't want anything to do with me. I said, you know, that's shame on them. Number one, number two, that's probably better for you. That's probably better for you because you are attracting the types of people that you are evolving into and the person that you want to become. And there is nothing wrong with that. And, and, and that can be applied to so many different things. And, you know, like when it comes to like going back to children, I think, like you said, like if you want them to read, read in front of them, be, they don't, they, they don't do what you say. They do what you do constantly. And, and it's crazy how much they're paying attention. Like it is it is frightening how much they're paying attention. Yeah. And, 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 and that's but,
0: of, no, that's one of the reasons i chose to like spend a lot of time in the last two years working with high school kids and middle school kids, um, all over. And it's just been one of those things I'm like, all right, you know, where can you make an actual big difference? You know, what yeah. levers can you pull to, to to impact a community? And I think it's I think it's for those kids that are at those crossroads of life and you can imprint um, some some hard work. Um, and positivity and, and optimism about their ability to do because everybody undervalues what they're actually capable of. You know, everybody's way more capable of things that they ever give themselves credit for. So if I can help them kind of uncover that, some of that potential, especially in that phase of their life, I think that's the best service that anybody can do it for a community. So yeah, that's one of the things I've been working on.
1: How do you find, this is such a cliche question. I already know, but I, for the honest, I how do you find time to do everything that you're doing? All the while volunteering, being an incredible father, uh, running multiple businesses, being this creative entrepreneur, this creative director guy that is doing a million things at once, and being an incredible husband. And how how do you how do you manage your time?
0: Well, well first of all, not everything on that list is true, but I appreciate. That. <laughs> but but honestly, like everybody has time for anything that's a priority. Like, that's just how it is. You know what I mean? Any successful person I've ever talked to. I mean, time is on, that's the only level playing field we all have literally right. it's the same amount of time. And you've heard this a million times. And so if you, if you understand that, that that can never be an excuse, the words, I don't have enough time can never come out of your mouth. You can never say, i never have enough time in the day. I wish I had 28 hours. I wish I had eight days in the week, all the shit that people say. If you never allow yourself to have that as an excuse, then you always have enough time for the things that are priority period. And those priorities change and they should change. You know, this, this idea um, that you have to be in balance is bullshit. Like there's no such thing for, for a high productive person as balance. You have to be out of balance all of the fucking time. That's the only time that you're focused. That's the only, like, if you, if you're trying to create balance in every area of your life, then you're 100% not being as high productive, a productive person as you can. Right. So when you're really hyper, like, for instance, I was, you know, I decided a couple of years ago to run some uh, Ironman triathletes. Well, I was out of balance at other parts of my life. Cause I set a fucking goal, right. To become an Ironman triathlete. So I had to be out of balance. Like that four hours of my morning had to change. You know what I mean? So four hours of the day, I was training on something new in my life. So of course it's out of balance for that season. Right. And you have to be right. totally at peace with that. So when you're, when you're at home or you're on vacation with your kids, you must be out of balance, be present for them and not answering your fucking phone. Yep. Right? And so the idea I got to have balance, I got balance. It's just a, it's just a cop out. It's just people trying to feel warm and fuzzy. I 100% agree with you. You know, so you just got to like commit. Here's my commitments. In order to commit, there's going to be some sacrifices. Those sacrifices may be permanent or, or short term. Either way, this is for the better of me, myself and the people around me. So I'm going to be out of balance for that purpose. And, and that's how I've always viewed it. So I've never had to
1: problem. And, and let's continue that. So what you're basically talking about is being completely committed. No bullshit. Making that decision. What do most people do? They're half-assing everything that they do in their life. And the number one thing is that they're not fully committed into doing anything, let alone a diet, let alone figuring out how much time they have in the day. Let alone, How do you find, how, how in your perspective, how do you become more committed? I know that is such an open-ended question with a yeah. merlot of bullshit, but what, what is it?
0: Yeah, well, when I'm doing consulting work, and I'll hear all the time, hey, we've we tried everything. Like, we've tried everything. Like, no, you've tried everything but what works. Because unless it defies the laws of physics, right, <laughs> or it's illegal or immoral, it's possible.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay? So, the, like, if you have this goal, then the only thing you need to – you don't need to change the goal. You just need to change the approach. And so if this approach isn't working, and like, oh, you try five approaches. Oh, people will give up. And like, oh, I tried everything. No, no. There's a thousand more approaches, right? Mm-hmm. So just you just, just got to keep finding the new approach, and then eventually you'll get to the goal. It might take longer than you hope, than your five-year plan had, but that doesn't matter if the goal is important enough. And I will say, I will say, there's no problem. Like people say, never give up. I'm like, actually, it's a skill in giving up. Like knowing when you set the wrong goal, that's okay too. You know, like that's it. when you set the wrong goal, and you've got enough work to say, oh, that goal. I was I was naive in that goal, or I was I was a different person when I set that goal, or or now I have different goals. Let it go. Like, like, I just want to
1: pause you right there because that is really profound. And I want everyone listening to realize what he's saying right now. Can you please repeat that just one more time?
0: Yeah. I don't think that the whole idea of like having an ego attached to never giving up is wrong. Like there are times in your life when you should 100% let go of a relationship. You should 100% let go of a business. You should 100% let go of a goal that you set because because when you said it, you were a different person possibly. Yeah. Well, when you said it, you've written you're on a journey like, oh, my gosh, I, I, I aim too low, I, taint, I aim too left, I aim too right. Give it up. Give it up, you know, and, and set, the, set the new goal based on the new information and be just as tenacious towards that. And that's totally fine. It goes with relationships and business and everything else. So, you know, having the idea that I can never give up is also unhealthy um, because that's attached to ego. And um, so, you know, the less ego you have, the better your life becomes.
1: Also, I feel like you personally have found, I think the most I think the the thing that separates us from any other species on the planet is our ability to adapt. And I think that you have mastered adaptation, like just the way that you're correlating and you're relaying all of this information and how you're t- with the whole goal setting and understanding when to leave this, when to leave a relationship, how to, how to know when it's just time and then move on to the next thing and then readjust and recalibrate and shift and pivot. That's huge. Like I, we're dumbing it down and we may not be like, you guys probably don't understand how, because I didn't a few years ago, but this is, this is so profound to me because this was very big in my life and a big proponent in my life was understanding when to pivot, when to shift and understanding that uh, when it's time to adjust and adapt, it's time to adjust and adapt. And you have, it's almost like an instinctual feeling, right? Like a gut feeling, like, you know, that relationship is over, right? You know, it's done. You've been checked out for months. Okay, cut it off, cut your losses, move on, do the next thing. And, and I think that we don't, we don't, it's not prolific enough in the world today on social media, because most of everything that you see on social media is what, don't give up, keep pushing, right. you have time, blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 which right. is if it's you want harmful. To make
0: a- People pick up all these beliefs and like, oh, my gosh, I can't give up. And then they just grind through something that's ultimately deteriorating their health and wellness, deteriorating. And stress level is literally killing them, you know, and and that's just it's I get I, I, I take I take a lot of that on because if that's something um, that, that somebody's dragging with them, like, man, that al- albatross, just get rid of that albatross you know, and, and shed that. And, and when done, right, I don't want this to come across that, you know, in the midst of your like, this isn't wishy washy. This isn't something where you leave a wake of bodies in your path and field business relationships and, right. and you know, uh, spiritual relationships and, and emotional relationships and friends and family. This is not that this is your journey and people around you are understanding when you give up, when you don't, because you've been open with them the whole time about the evolution of the process right? Or if you're thinking or whatever. So there should be no surprises to anybody when a decision is made to, to cut something off or stop something. You know, it's like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. We're on board with you. That makes a lot of sense. You know, there's no creditors that are left hanging. This is, this is, this is not anything like that. This is a very calculated, very, very uh, uh, honest, you know, process, I guess. And you're not, you're not keeping these old beliefs and these old habits and these old identities along with you. You're, you're shedding that every day if you need. Fucking
1: love it. You need your own podcast.
0: Why don't no, you- man? I, it's been on the it's been on the works for a while, but I I can't just commit to it yet, and I, I'm excited when I do. Well,
1: I can help you do it all from your phone.
0: Ah, uh, you're the best. All
1: man, for free. We'll,
0: we'll talk after this for sure. And
1: it yeah. Oh my, you're just you're just so great. There's too much, too much goodness, too much out there to be able like. I I, I would. I'm I'm 35 years old. Okay. okay. I've been in this game for a long time. And I just got schooled on so much goodness on so many things that have, have triggered little thoughts in my mind right now. My brain is churning. I want to, I, I literally have like 10 ideas. Like I want to, I want to get into right now and I'm pumped Absolutely. and I'm, and I'm motivated and I'm excited. And I just appreciate you taking the time to, to jump on the call. So I, I want to end with this. What are, and I know Tony Robbins is a big thing for you. I don't know if you read or not. It could be a book. It could be an article. It could be a quote. What are, what is one book or one quote or one thing that has truly affected your life um, in, in a positive way outside of Tony Robbins events?
0: Yeah, outside that's, that's, that's a big question. Let me give it. I mean, every single day, I don't I don't end the day unless I've read, listened, and watched something inspirational, educational, or 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 funny, to be honest with you. You know, so every I have all three modalities. Every single day, so um, that's something I started about ten years ago. Um, so I'm packed with just stuff, you know. That's just it's just part of me um, that's become who I am. All these mentors, um, you know. I don't have a a mentor. I've got thousands. You know, I, I listen to podcasts every single day. I read books, uh, you know, constantly, and go to events constantly. I'm constantly asking people for their opinion and help, and and um, so I, I would hate to label one, but I'll tell you. Originally, it might have been, it might have been Tim Ferriss's four hour work week, actually, uh, was one of the original outside of Tony Robbins thing that actually was like, okay, one of the, the, the thing that stands out for me for most from that book was the skill with being comfortable with being uncomfortable.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so the more I was okay with being uncomfortable. And that's why I do athletic events. That's why I start businesses. That's why I challenge myself to step out of my comfort zone and start a restaurant, you know, and I've never done before is because the more times the, the more that all that growth happens, right. Outside your comfort zone, you hear that a million times. So if that's true. Then let's test that theory and be outside of your comfort zone as much as humanly possible. Okay. So that, that, Concept, I would have to give credit to the four hour work week for that simple concept. And he actually gave a couple of really silly, goofy things to do and try to actually start the process. And I did them. Like one of them was to go into a Starbucks, lay down on the floor. You did that? For an extended period of time, and just get up and walk out. And I was like,
1: Did you you actually do that? I 100% did it. This is when I was like,
0: I'm just going to try something new. (laughs) I walked in, laid down, laid there, it's something so random and so weird. And so, but it was like, okay, I didn't die. I didn't yeah. get arrested. I didn't offend anybody. I didn't get anybody's way. I didn't cause a scene, but it was just weird.
1: Really? <laughs> right? You didn't no, cause a scene? No,
0: not Everyone's just kind of like, you know how people are. They just avoid you. So if that's true, like if you can do that and not die and not like get too embarrassed and nothing bad happens, then what else are you capable of? So it just kind of sparked this thing. I did that the very first day. I read it in the book. Yeah. I went and did it. And then here we are.
1: That's cool. Yeah. That's so awesome. Oh, boy. You know, there are, I always get this question asked is that, you know, why, why would someone listen to me when there's so many other people that are twice as amazing? The thing is, is that everybody, how, how you communicate with me and my perception of your, your, your understanding of, of your version of life and the things that you've been able to dissect, is completely different than, let's say, how my daughter would take it or how my friend would take it. Mm-hmm. And you have no idea how many people truly resonate with you over, over those that, let's say, are the masters or the gurus in the world, right? So I that's why I think it's so incredible and so powerful to be able to share information that you've applied to your life that you've learned along the way and that you have taken in, like I love Bruce Lee's way of life, taking what is useful, disregard what is useless to you. Yeah, I, I believe in that mantra so, so much. Yeah. And I feel you're like accumulation of, of everything. Like you've got all this good stuff that you've been able to take in and you started disregarding the stuff that wasn't working for you. And you are the product of that exact system. And I think that is phenomenal because from where I'm standing, you seem like an incredible human being. Oh
0: man, you too. I appreciate you. I, I, I remember the first time I stepped on a stage and I looked out, I was like, okay, this is, this is powerful. You know what I mean? You're, you're on a stage and you're at, you have a minute to impact everybody. Um, and I saw this quote and I think it was Bruce Springsteen actually, and he, and the interviewer asked like, how did you not lose your humility? Like, how did you stay so grounded and seemingly like the boss, like you stayed grounded in who you are. And he's like, I always kept one foot in the crowd and one foot on the stage. And I thought, wow, what a simple little thing to be like you're the student, always the student and the teacher at the exact same time, you know, and if you can master that balance of being the student and teacher at the same time, then the, the amount of information that you can assimilate and integrate and share at the same time just grows exponentially. So that, 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 that idea that whenever I'm trying to talk to somebody or a coach with something, I walk away every time with just being inspired by what the other person said. And that's, that's just that, um, that's the lack, that's the humility part.
1: I just wrote that quote down. I'm good. Check it out. That's incredible. That's incredible.
0: Good Good, man. I appreciate you very much and what you do. And you got a great list of guests. I was super honored to be called and and be on your podcast.
1: Oh, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, we. I've been slacking. I've got about 20 to still go through (laughs) to edit to edit. Um, But we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. This has been incredible. I so appreciate the time. Go to habitsofthefew.com.